after these messages will be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Good. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of After These Messages, the podcast where we talk about television commercials. We talk about the good ones, we talk about the bad ones, and we talk about the ones where people say weird shit like this. You may not be a prepper now, but you will be. You want to prep yourself for another action-packed episode of After These Messages. My name, by the way, is Andrew Walsh. If you take one podcast... Into the apocalypse, into your bunker with you after the apocalypse. <laughs> That's right. Take this one. That's right. That would be a great. Actually, review. there are there are whole podcasts that are about how to be preppers. So don't take this one. Do you think that you should like take an old fashioned iPod and download it with a bunch of stuff because the you know network will be down? Is Probably. that the best way to do it? Yeah, I think so. Okay, good. So do that. So don't listen to this episode. Stop this episode. Save it. Save it for the end of days. <laughs> All right. We're not actually talking exclusively about prepper uh, commercials today. We, when we started this podcast, Genevieve, it was just you and me in a dream. And the reason we started a podcast about commercials is because, frankly, we find ourselves sitting in front of the TV a lot, not changing the channel when the commercials go on, and talking in depth about the commercials <laughs> we see. And we enjoyed it, so we figure why not put microphones in front of our face while we do it. Now, when we did start this podcast, low those 43, 44 episodes ago, um, we started developing various themes, and we try to take different angles on on commercials. And I didn't and get a master's be, degree for nothing. That's right. We we applied Genevieve's master's <laughs> degree and my uh, my bachelor's degree from Kent State University. I'm proud of it uh, to commercials. But I do think that in a certain way, we kind of lose that that regular flow that you and I just have. When we sit behind a TV and watch a show together and then comment on the commercial break. So I guess today we're going to try to uh, replicate that experience as much as possible. And it all started on Sunday. You and I got back from a trip and um, we were watching television and uh, we were watching a network I'll tell you more about in a second uh, that we don't usually watch. And we're just seeing all these commercials we had never seen before. So we just hit record on the DVR and and I went through all the breaks today and recreated them in my computer. So you and I will kind of recreate that experience just by uh, watching about four commercial or going through four commercial breaks uh, from our TV watching this weekend. I'm really looking forward to it. This Me might be a whole new thing. I know. I love it. I love this idea. I think it was your idea. It's our idea. Um, all right, so we're going to do that today. Also, we have uh, commercials in the news. We got an update on a story we told you about a while back. It's not exactly how we were hoping that story would end. We'll tell you all about that. And, of course, we'll check in with you guys, our ad council, uh, to see what's on your mind and to uh, offer your insights and corrections on some things that we've said on the show in the past. First, though, let's... Uh, Let's set the scene. I mentioned that you and I had just gotten back from a trip on Sunday, Veeves, and we turned on the television, and we stumbled on a channel we had never really watched before. It's called, I believe, the Comet Network. It's a, it's a new sci-fi network. Yeah, I don't know how new it is. I'm still kind of getting October. used to it. Oh, really? That's that new? I'm still getting used to our new our cable provider here in Seattle and figuring out like what channels we have now that we didn't have 
at our old place and what we no longer have uh, that we used to have. So occasionally, and you know, they don't they don't want to tell you just from the guide like what you have because they want you to click on it and find out like, oh no, I don't have IFC. Right. So I just randomly. By the way, oh no, we don't have. IFC. I know that's a that's a it does suck. But um, so ra- sometimes I'll just be clicking around. I'll see a show that I think I'd like to watch, and I'll say I'll wonder if we have that channel. And lo and behold, we did have this one. Okay, yeah, and it's called uh, the Comet Channel. Uh, like I mentioned, it's dedicated to sci-fi. It's uh, owned by MGM, so it's one of those. It's a partnership between them and somebody else. But basically, you're MGM. You're sitting on tons and tons of old schlocky sci-fi movies. Why not create a, a very cheap channel to run those things on? In our case here in Seattle, it's on Como 2. So Como is one of the big uh, network affiliates around here. And uh, they probably have you know a, a secondary digital channel. So they just run the sci-fi uh, network on there. And um, just in, uh, in August, Comet na- made news. I did a little poking around today when they decided to add Mystery Science Theater. It's hard to say. Mystery Science Theater 3000 to its lineup. And that, of course, is a... Uh, Huge, I think it goes from being a network that just has a bunch of random old monster movies and stuff on it to a destination for people like you and I. And yes. so they were playing uh, several MST 3Ks in a row on Sunday, and uh, and we got down with that stuff. So so that's what the scene is. It's Sunday. We're chilling out. It's about ten o'clock at night. The uh, we had just finished watching uh, Manos Hands of Fate, one of the most famous MST 3Ks. Um, by the way, do you remember my favorite joke from that? Uh, remind me. At one point, one of them says, I can't remember what they're talking about, probably some gun or a laser or something, and they say, strong enough for a manos, but made <laughs> for a woman-os. <laughs> Do you know that MST, I was such a huge fan of MST3K when I was a teenager, like a young teenager, uh, and it was kind of at the height of its popularity. It was coming out new then, and I sent away, like I sent $10 in the mail um, to for like a fan pack from MST3K, yeah. and I got like four bumper stickers, a mug... Um, a bunch of like little pins and stuff. Um, and I, I plastered the door to my bedroom with all of these MST3K bumper stickers. Um, Do you still have any of the swag? I don't, swag, I don't have any. Of, I don't know what happened to any, but I think it, I feel like the mug might have been, I had the mug for the longest, but it was probably fairly cheaply made. And I think the decal or whatever was on it just eventually, you know, was completely wiped yes, off. Yes, actually, when we first started dating 15 years ago, I think you had yeah. a very faded MST3K mug. I think, mug. I've, I I think it finally, finally found the dust heap when... Yeah. Uh, when we made a move one day. Well, after uh, Mano's Hands of Fate ended, um, and this is where our our journey tonight begins, uh, MST3K showed Teenagers from Outer Space, <laughs> which was like probably some, like, I guess, 50s movie. Yeah, just. I mean, they just... They're all wearing these jumpsuits, so and they don't understand, like, what lobsters are or how automobiles work. No, no. A lobster plays the role of their, like, cattle that they're going to... They're, they've arrived on Earth to to turn earth into like just farmlands for their cattle for oh. their, their, their they call them like galzorgs or something and the the galzorg is depicted as it's just a lobster in a box like it's doesn't it's not even dressed up as anything galzorg is is i'm sorry i'm confused the i saw them on the beach playing with a lobster i was kind of in and out a little bit i, I only stuck around for the commercials um so what what do they think the lobster is or well it's not that they it's it's this I know this this podcast isn't supposed to be about MST3K, but I will tell you that the story of teenagers from outer space is 
a a soft flying saucer lands on Earth. It's filled with aliens who look exactly like us, but they were wearing like deep V neck spacesuits, and they've brought one of their cattle. Oh, I see. Them. They brought that thing with them. Yeah, oh. and it's and and what they're going to do is use Earth as farmland to just grow their their meat animals, basically to humongous size. But the thing that they use in the movie that is a small, like a baby version of one of their cattle, and it's called like a Galzorg or something, mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly what the nonsense word is, is just an unadulterated lobster. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I totally I totally missed that plot point. Uh, like I say, I was paying a little bit more attention to the commercials, starting with, by the way, before the, before the show even began, there was a really long commercial break. Like these, <laughs> these janky networks, especially when they're kind of based on movies and, and they don't have regular times, they will find themselves really having to fill, again, at 10 o'clock on a Sunday night in between uh, episodes of MS. T3K. So first, I think we watched just millions and millions of promos for the for the network. Just yeah. they would do like this is all of the stuff on our network and show you sixty seconds of that, and then they would do thirty second promos uh, focused on each and every movie that was coming up in the next month or so. Yeah, clearly the the real estate is uh, widely available. Which, by the way, if we're going to talk about promos, I really like their promos. I like their style. We've talked about this a little bit. Um, I, I think in the past these um, these networks don't have a lot of money, but you, without a lot of money, you can just repackage things in a very clever, hip way. The way AMC used to do before AMC became you know such a, a huge juggernaut of original programming, they would just take you know classic movies and give them these new modern kind of promos that made you want to watch something that you would have. You would have skipped over in the old days. So, so Comet's got that going on. But then the first real commercial we saw was actually about, I think, a five-minute infomercial. I only found a one-minute version here. I think, we should, uh, I think we should just let it speak for itself. Before an unforeseen event turns into a life-changing crisis, ask yourself, are you prepared? Will you be able to provide for your family? What are we going to do for food? We have maybe a three-day supply. What are we going to do? We're one storm away from the unknown. You have to have a plan. There's no two ways about it. If you're faced with an emergency, don't add more stress wondering where your next meal is coming from. Give yourself the peace of mind knowing you're prepared with plenty of emergency food. Introducing Wise Company Gourmet Emergency Food. Comfort food with a shelf life up to 25 years. Less than one Be comforted in knowing that you have delicious entrees. Delicious entrees that will last for 25 years. So as you heard, the beginning of the commercial is all about, you know, the if you're not a prepper yet, someday you will be because the end of times are coming, or at least civilization is probably going to be brought to its knees by some sort of magnetic pinch or... I, I don't know, probably just Obama or, bringing or, in or FEMA black people trailers. voting in North Carolina. Right, Look, exactly. anything's possible. Exactly. So, um, so they they set it up with that. As a matter of fact, one thing as we talk about a lot of the commercials um, on our list tonight, I want you to listen for something, which is the transition from problem music to solution music. Yes. You're, you're giving me a, a point. Did you notice that here, too? I think it happened. I definitely noticed the change in problem lighting yes. to solution lighting. Let me see. I don't know if this is going to automatically play, but this is the end of the setup of the um, 
of, of the, the problem right before we get to the solution the product offers. Faced with an emergency, don't add more stress wondering where your next meal is coming from. Scary music. Give yourself the peace of mind Hopeful knowing music. you're prepared with plenty of emergency food. I love that tonal change there. Um, this is not, we'll get into more of them, but this is not the only kind of prepare for the worst kind of commercial that we saw on Sunday night. It really made us wonder, like, are the people sitting home on a Sunday watching sci-fi-ish shows, are they all just worried about the end days? You know, I, I can't, I couldn't tell you. Is it that they think that this, the demographic watching this show, which seems to me like um, sort of like ironic stoners mm-hmm. and who wouldn't be, you know, a, a target audience for wise 25-year food storage? Or is it that this commercial real estate is so cheap that this is kind of like the best investment for their dollar in terms of just number of eyeballs and that they don't have, they either lack the budget or the sophistication to do targeted demographics. It's probably a combination of both. I think that MST3K is a bit of an outlier. I would guess that um, because it is kind of a low budget operation, you are probably an advertiser just buying big blocks and maybe not even getting into specifics of like, oh, I want this to air during Godzilla and I want this to right. air. And so this probably- isn't Super Bowl advertising right. where it's like, well, we we want to come during the first quarter and, you know, it's got to be like this many seconds and we don't want to be near our competitors. I mean, I'm sure it's like the bottom of the barrel in terms of ad buys. Yeah. And so because of that, yes, it is cheap, like you were saying. But also, I do think that probably people sitting around, I mean, think about when you're talking about science fiction novels, how many science fiction novels are about a dystopia or some sort of... Uh, um, you, you know, again, end of days scenario, an ap- apocalyptic scenario. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's you know. fair. Yeah, I mean, like I'm sure that you know there are other cheapo advertising uh, or you know cheapo cable channels like this, and I don't know if it's exactly the same kinds of you know there. It's not. It's this. On this channel, it would be like when we watch, you know, Murder, She Wrote, it's like term life insurance. Right, you know, we exactly. We didn't see as many of those kinds of things. Exactly. Or um, or uh, James Patterson. Right. <laughs> Ooh la la. Ooh la la. Um, so let's see. Did you have any other points about this commercial? I mean, I think we were pretty shocked to watch it. It was like five minutes long, the version we saw. One thing that stood out to me was all, you know, picture... Any kind of commercial that's trying to get you to buy food, right? They show really nice photos of the food to indicate how good it tastes. Well, in this one, it's kind of funny because you see people pouring water into bags and everything. But then they show the final products. And in one, uh, what I thought, very telling shot, they kind of the camera kind of pans across the table and you see all kinds of delicious looking food, but it's all in candlelight and it's not romantic candlelight. It's almost like candlelight with possibly an emergency light in the corner of a darkened room that you don't see. It all looks like hot garbage, by the way. Um, the, I, the only other thing I wanted to note was the difference between the people that they interview at the start of the commercial who are the kind of, Oh no, I'm not prepared for the apocalypse. Like it's sort of these slack jawed yokels who, who are, I don't know if they're like at a focus group or something, um, and then con- contrasted with the like happy and healthy family that's sitting around their dinner table by candlelight, eating their just you know their rehydrated food, um, you know 
in the I guess the apocalypse, but it's portrayed as almost like oh, it's just a night with their with power outage. It doesn't they're very careful not to make it look like the cities are burning outside once they've got their once they're engaged in eating their uh, their provisions. Yeah, they almost seem happier in what I'm going to call the apocalypse yeah. than the people who are like worried right now. And which is, I don't think there are. Uh, Maybe I'm taking this too far. I don't think there are supposed to be religious implications here, but it is not unlike those who are waiting for the religious, some sort of religious apocalypse. Oh, don't think that that's accidental. This, yeah. this is this is Dog Whistle City. <laughs> uh, that's funny because I also have a commercial for Dog Whistle City that comes up uh, <laughs> in, an, in another break. All right, uh, we're not going to spend that much time on all of these, but that one was uh, a real shocker. For I think us. that's it the really one that made us the tone. I think really. that's the one that made us go, Whoa. "Let's do this." Yeah, exactly. This next. Next one is for the New Wave PIC. A precision induction cooktop from New Wave, the leader in portable induction cooking technology. The New Wave heats up twice as fast, uses up to 70% less energy, and is safer than any cooktop. Best of all, the New Wave is the only portable cooktop that gives you precise temperature control with the simple press of a button. I love the temperature control. As you press the buttons, you can see exactly what the temperature is. You can watch the water boil change. That's mm -hmm. incredible. Anything you boil water for, it's that quick. Make pasta in half the time. Melt butter with no chance of it burning. Melt chocolate to creamy perfection. Make sauces with perfect temperature control. Okay, so here's what we're talking about here. Uh, PIC stands for Precision Induction Cooktop, which I think is actually a POS. Heyo! Um, but basically, it is a, it's a, a hot plate, right? It's a hot plate that instead of getting hot itself, and this is the big selling point, the device itself stays cool while because of induction heating, just the pan you put on top of it gets hot. Yeah, and I don't really understand how induction works, so if someone wants to write in and explain it to us in a brief and pithy way, go go for it. I do have a link to the Wikipedia page here. <laughs> I was uh, doing some reading about it today, but you're right. It would probably be better if I just let somebody write in, in a pithier way than Wikipedia. But it just – this thing looks like such a piece of garbage. Um, it, it, you can tell that, like, at, after two uses, it would just be, like, dirty and chipped and gross – um, kind of like I feel like our George Foreman grill was. We used to have a George Foreman grill. Any any piece of um, kitchen equipment that uh, that is a heat has a heating element that has to be plugged in. I feel like is a recipe for disaster. Yeah, I mean the George Foreman. I got to say. I don't feel like they sold me a bill of goods on that. Like I think that it was a device that I got what I thought I was getting when I got it. Now it was a gift, too. I don't think I would have necessarily <laughs> purchased it. But, you know, I was young, right out of college. My parents got me this thing because I, there was no place for me to actually grill in my little apartment. So it was just a new way of cooking food. It was a little bit of a pain in the butt as far as um, uh, cleaning it. But, you know, it cooks meat all the way through. Well, maybe it's the same case, same, the same thing for the this PIC. But um, it... it if anyone's used one, I'd love to hear a product review. I have to say this, you know, it's a very infomercial style commercial, as you just yeah, heard, a lot of these as are. a lot of these are. Um, and I am, I'm such a sucker for a good infomercial, but this didn't sell me. This, nothing about this looked uh, that 
effective or appealing. And I have to say the the word salad that the salespeople use when, yeah, right. when they're showing these like in-store demonstrations and things suggests to me that nobody knows what the hell they're talking about. Yeah, my absolute favorite part, and it's a little bit hard to translate into um, into the audio, but I'm going to play it again here. The voiceover guy says something about uh, the precision temperature control, which is just basically... It's just a something. Thermometer. It's just you can change it from 120 to 130 to 140. Like all it is is the the buttons on your stove that you change the temperature. Well, I guess that's the thing. Stoves you can't control temperature. Ovens you can. So I guess maybe that's the selling point. But after the announcer says it, suddenly for the first time we're out on the street, almost like a man on the street interview, and there's a guy who mumbles in the microphone. Oh yeah, the precision uh, the precision temperature is my favorite part. Take a listen to this. Pressable button. I love the temperature control. I love the temperature control. Suddenly you're like, wait, why are we doing man on the street stuff? And did they go out with a microphone and just like ask everybody, do you have a new wave PIC? And if so, what is your favorite part? Any chance it's the temperature control? Yeah, no, they're what they're doing is it's like a pop up demonstration thing at a at a fair right. or a mall or something. We learn after that shot, though. Yeah, and then they so they show people they do a demonstration and then they stick a microphone in their face and say, "Do you? What's your favorite part? Is it the temper contro- temperature control? Right, control? exactly. Yeah, of course. Here we have um, my favorite part is when is the is the they to demonstrate that the cooktop itself never gets hot. They have these pans that are like a pie with a with yeah. A, slice cut out of it right that's kind of cool yeah that is kind of cool and then they can show you can't touch the pan because that's hot but you can put your hand right down onto that uh onto that stovetop hot plate thing there's another part uh when they're doing this like you say pop-up demonstration and it's not the person who's putting on the demonstration who's talking about how great the product is. It's just somebody who supposedly is seeing it for the first time. And it just reminds you of how, like, nothing really changes from, like, the medicine men of when... Is that even... Is that the right term? Medicine men are traveling, you know... Yeah, like, just sort of the... the um the snake oil salesman. Snake oil salesman. Yeah, I think I have it queued up. Let's listen to this woman who's she's just discovering it for the first time, but she's really impressed. As you press the buttons, you can see exactly what the temperature is. You can watch the water boil change. That's mm-hmm. incredible. <laughs> I, lo- I love to watch the water boil change. I love to watch that too. Okay, we probably spent too much time on that. Up next in this commercial break, uh, we're back to doomed times. The power was out in this area for approximately two and a half weeks. We had two storms here. The power was out for seven and eight days. It was very hard to get food. It was hard to get gasoline. It's just so disruptive not to have power to, you know, I have to stop and think about signs that say no gas without electric. You're at mercy of Mother Nature. Without electric. We're all aware of catastrophic storms that can knock out power to millions. Powerful storms and high winds that bring down power this lines. That music change. Even rolling blackouts caused by our nation's faltering electrical grid. So how can you protect your home and family from all these uncertainties? How can you take control of the situation? The answer is a home standby generator from Generac. It stands guard, ready to automatically supply power to your home within seconds of a power outage, whether you're home or away. Basically, this is your, I guess, somewhat standard at-home generator, right? Yeah. Um, Although I'm not exactly sure how does it power itself if it is not a uh, gasoline-fired one. I guess I wasn't watching close enough. It's probably, they make some argument probably that it's, uh, that it's, uh, can be used in a pinch? Did you happen to notice how it's powered? I don't know how it's powered. I'm not sure that they were very clear about that. I mean, it might just be, a, I don't know if it's a battery 
that then... Yeah, I bet my guess is it's a battery. Um, not a ton... Because it doesn't appear to be a gas generator. Yeah, and because it, it's in it's indoors. People have it like kind of tucked into their little closets or whatever. As this commercial goes on, you start to see more uh, just scary scenarios where people are cooking at home and then all of a sudden all the power goes out again down trees this could just be when the power goes out you want to be ready but instead it's like you know they're showing a lot of imagery of something that is much worse than just a local power outage it really makes you realize and i think this was what really struck me about watching all these in a row yesterday was that you know we live um in seattle it's like we live in a what feels to me like a very secure, uh, safe, and 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 a life that's ensconced by infrastructure. But then you hear about the you know this other America that's like living in fear and like they you know I mean you hear it's Trump's America right like it's everything's scary the apocalypse is nigh like you know crime is everywhere even though like statistically you're far less likely to be the victim of crime. Then you see watch these commercials, and you realize like. There is just kind of a constant diet of fear and mm-hmm. like be afraid and be warned and be prepared because, you know, one storm could be the end of it. Like, you know, and look, I we didn't live in New Orleans during Katrina. We certainly um, didn't live, you know, and we, you know, Baton Rouge was just flooded and I'm sure is a complete nightmare and disaster. I'm not sure that in either case. Uh, a home generator would have like saved anybody or helped anybody. But I can understand how there are parts of the country and and there are people living in this country, you know, who feel very vulnerable to outside forces. Yeah. But you're really seeing there's just this through line of like, be afraid, be afraid. Yeah. And there's a difference between like saying, hey, sometimes the power goes out. Hey, we live in an area where there are floods and things go sideways. But then this seems to be more in the vein of like, I don't listen to a lot of conspiracy uh, radio, but like, I'll never forget this time I was driving home uh, in in LA much later from work than usual. Actually, I think I had just gotten done uh, doing Ben Harrison's, our guest last week. I, I was doing his podcast. So I was driving, you know, at night in LA from the west side to the east side at like nine o'clock at night or something i stumbled on this am station uh and it was just conspiracy theory radio and the commercials were completely in step with the content it was like you know the stories about how president obama is arming fema and they're gonna you know watch out for the fema tents in your town because that's going to be the beginning of the takeover or what have you and then what do you do then you go into a bunch of commercials about uh buy gold now and get a generator and and uh, you might, I don't think you can advertise guns on the radio, but just, you know, stuff like that. Do you wish you'd had Generac when you were, because um, weren't you without power in the middle of the New Hampshire winter in January yeah. for like over a week? It was an ice storm. You had already moved out here to uh, Seattle and I was uh, holding things down back home as we were trying to sell the house. And there was an epic uh, ice storm, and w- which happened. And keep in mind, this is Concord, a small town of forty to 50,000, but much more... Uh, uh, urban, I guess, for lack of a better word, much more connected than the majority of Con- the majority of New Hampshire, sure. especially those those northern parts of the state where you can just go miles and miles without seeing a neighbor. And yeah, I was without power for three days. I um, lived by well, I went to work, but at night I just had to turn on the wood stove uh, when I got home, relight the wood stove, try to keep it at a 
keep the coals hot during the day so they didn't totally go out. And then I tried to get uh, batteries and a flashlight or something, and it really was. I drove all the way down to Manchester, which is like a 20-minute drive, and went to all the supermarkets and everything, and everybody was – you'd go to the battery aisle, and it was just like empty. It looked kind of a apocalyptic and that yeah. was just a little ice storm it's you a know? little ice storm in, a, in an area of the country that gets ice storms on the reg and you were and it was for three days and i remember talking to you and it did feel like you know like we knew you'd be fine you know your your work had power so it wasn't like you had nowhere to go he really had to be somewhere with mm-hmm. power but you know it when you were at home it was you were in the you know you were in the 1800s because there was no power what i would do is i would just power my phone up i had a blackberry at the time but that was my only connection i think i was on twitter and stuff by this time twitter was pretty new yeah but that's right it was my first real experience of being like this is a good argument for twitter so i would you know power my phone up at work as much as i could during the day i think i had hot water somehow because that would be gas gas. yeah um and then i would come home and just like bring home some sort of uh, takeout get the fire you know stoked again in the in the fire pit or in the stove and uh and just basically on my blackberry just tried to see what the latest was what all my neighbors were saying what people were saying about this uh, about this ice storm. subtract twitter it's really victorian times <laughs> yeah right uh all right so let's uh move on to this next ad you will see a lot of these during off tv hour or i'm sorry off hour tv viewing late at night i think especially when you have people um who can't sleep because they're addicted to drugs the first time i did drugs it was marijuana i was on heroin it was oxys for me i used crack cocaine every year 23 million people die from drug or alcohol abuse don't kid yourself addiction is an epidemic okay i'm going to stop it there so this is for something called the addiction network and um you know i'm not going to make fun of uh you know anybody who's got uh, trouble and they're they're looking for help you see all sorts of these kinds of ads and radio commercials as well Uh, The voices you heard at the beginning were three people talking about their addiction. Of course, they're cast in this like kind of black and white, ill-lit scenario as they're staring directly at the camera talking about their problem. My concern with this ad is then we flash to the doctor whom you hear speaking now or who you hear speaking now, and he doesn't look like he's in much better shape. Now, it's like, yes, he is now in color and it's slightly better lit, but there's something about him... He's, um, I don't know what it is. He's got glasses. He's got a beard. He's a normal the, looking Joe, but he's got of, this intensity. Those are the worst possible glasses. Right. It makes, it, I don't even know how to describe it. The way his glasses are situated on his face, the arms of the glasses look like they are spread out in like, to like 130 They're degree like Ben Franklin almost. Yeah. Except the glasses themselves are square. Like they don't fit his head. And he, I'm going to hit play again on this. I want you to listen to him. He's really, and I don't know if this translates in the audio, if this translates in the audio, but he's just got this intensity that makes you very uncomfortable. I think he's trying to be like the strong voice of reason here, but mm-hmm. instead, um, it just makes me uncomfortable. And also, this line that he says right Die here from drug or alcohol abuse. Don't kid yourself. Addiction is an epidemic. I don't know why that's a selling point. Is that a real doctor or a TV doctor? I think he plays one on TV. Of course, you would think that if you're going to hire an actor, you'd hire a better actor. I know, right? Like, why not go for sort of a silver fox type? Do you agree? Yeah, this, this guy yeah, looks you're right. Like younger than us, it, it should like be like he's a empty nest or guy. Something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what's he doing? Yeah, right. Uh, he's in recovery. Um, 
I, I don't think that saying don't fool yourself, it's an epidemic, has anything to do with getting me to realize my own problem. An e- epidemic, this would be like, you need to buy these pills because there's an epidemic going on and only these pills can stop it from coming into your house. Yeah, it's a little confused. The message is a little confused. It's like, are we? Ta- are they talking you know to the whole populace the is it is it a message about like an an epidemic that we as a society need to be dealing with or are they talking to me you know an oxy addict sitting on my couch right and that's more the schick shadel approach which you know a lot uh he does tv um but then the um schick shadel is the hospital I'm, i'm blanking on the the spokesman around here um uh, he's he's really famous. He used to come into the radio station I used to work at, and he'd always say, "Admit it, you got a problem." Do you know what I'm talking <laughs> no, about? I, I don't know. What Your kids is. are struggling with it. You can't <laughs> lie about it any longer. Get in here today. I mean, it's a very aggressive approach, but it's much more personal. Like, listen, you know you have a problem, and I am the one to tell you right now that you've run out of time. Get in here and help yourself. His name is Pat O'Day. Okay. His name is Pat O'Day. Well, if that's the approach they're taking with um, the Addiction Network, it's such a bizarre casting job because... This this doctor looks like he just he's still wet behind the ears. He looks like he's on. Scrubs. Yes, he's also yeah. You're right. He's he, way too uh, way too young. He looks like um, Zach Braff's stunt double. Anyway, do you want to move on? Let's move on. This is your favorite one, I think. Of oh, the I love this one. Evening. Does your computer seem to get slower every day? Viruses, Trojans, malware—they slow down your PC and hold your pictures and personal files ransom. They steal your bank information, credit cards, and Again, listen identity. for the music change coming now, up. Now, you can keep your current computer and fix it yourself with this, the Fix Me Stick virus removal device. Everyone has antivirus. Here's how the Fix Me Stick is different. Your antivirus tries to prevent infections, but some malware always gets through. Once the bad guys are in, how do you get them out? Simply plug a Fix Me Stick into the USB slot. The fix me a Fix Me Stick is just a USB... It's a, it's a thumb, thumb drive. The Stick is an external device. It can remove the infections that have slipped by antivirus like no internal program can. When I first started using the Fix... Okay, so do you get the logic there? By having some sort of a, a, a thumb drive that you plug in, these folks are trying to convince us that... Once you have a some sort of a virus inside and your I computer, really, I really encourage you to go to our, our Facebook page and look at the graphics. I'll probably try to great. use it as one of as the as the show picture this week. The the graphics that they use to indicate bad guys in your computer is hilarious. It's like this black oily glob that crawls all over this like cartoon castle that's inside. It's in the computer. <laughs> and don't you like it? It shows the blob outside the commercial first or outside the computer. And instead of a computer, like you say, it's very Game of Thronesy sort of. It's like a wall. It's supposed to be a protective wall. And you see these gears grinding inside, just like the gears grind on Game of Thrones. Oh my God. It's the, the graphics in this are so hilarious. And like, talk about an undercurrent of fear. It's like old yeah, people more be afraid. Fear, more fear. You're right. Now, I want to uh, pick it up again here because I want to read to you the chirons of how they identify these people who are about to give testimonials. You won't be surprised to hear that this first guy you're going to hear from, he's just labeled as retired. Yeah. It's an external device. It can remove the infections. He's retired from common sense. Like no internal program can. When I first started using the fix, Ron, retired computers, I tried it on friends' computers. 
Every single one of them had some sort of malware, even though they had virus protection up front, and the Fix Me Stick was able to clear all of them out. I have three kids who are Christina, always downloading city councilor. That viruses that can really slow of down what the city? computer. With the Fix Me Stick, I plug it in and I can fix the problem myself. The Fix Me Stick is really easy to use. It automatically stays up to date, there is no software to install, and no password to remember. Just plug it in, let it do its job, and then store it for the next time you need it. I bought Fix Me Stick. Jeremy, CEO. Of Jeremy.com. This is such a scam. First of all, of course, when, as soon as you plug Fix Me Stick in your computer, it tells you you've got malware. It probably put it there. You, it, know, you know anything that you, you know plugging this thing in is like installing some kind of like cheapo like thing that you'll never get off of your computer it'll probably open up your browser to a thing you never want for the rest of your it'll life install, it'll install so many uh like book bookmarks oh, and, and God. task bars i mean that's gonna it's gonna install a ton of junk and it's gonna also find some it's gonna find a way to say that you have something on there so that all these credulous you know, naive computer users are going to be like, oh my gosh, you know, there was a thing on, there was malware on my computer. Like, yeah, there is probably mal- mal- malware on your computer. Like, if it's been connected to the internet, you probably got some junk in there somewhere. But it's just like this kind of, this is the kind of thing that makes me crazy having done a little bit of work at the periphery of computer security. It's mm-hmm. like it really preys on people's ignorance and naivete about what computer safety really looks like. I guarantee it's not jamming this USB stick in your USB port. The, you mean the Fix Me stick? The also, fix the me Fix stick. Me stick sounds like something. Aren't there people who are like super conservative religious and they believe in, <laughs> and they believe that the men must punish the wives? Don't, don't they yes. use something called a Fix Me stick? It sounds that probably. <clears throat> um, yeah. I, I, the, I'll, the, I'll watch an ad for that. <laughs> the, uh, that's a little bit later uh, in, in the broadcast <laughs> schedule. <laughs> um, I, I do feel, though, that the logic that they try to sell here, and let's face it, I'm not saying this to be mean to any of these folks, but I could see my parents, I could see your parents thinking like, yeah, this is this makes sense because the, the virus is already inside the computer, so therefore the only way to fight it is by having an external device you plug into the computer, and that yes. just doesn't make, it doesn't make logical sense. It just makes for you know, uh, an interesting animation. I could see getting a much forwarded email from one of my parents about like, this is a great way to like get malware off your computer. Right. And I think your parents would most listen. So I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be. Mom and dad, um, don't buy this. <laughs> and stop listening. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if, uh, if, if you guys are any, if any parents of any listener listening right now has a question about this, just call me. I'll give out, I'll actually, I'll give Genevieve's cell phone number. <laughs> At the end of the show, <laughs> call us first, and uh, and then um, we'll take it from there. So uh, this next group of ads that all aired in a row um, are taking a very different turn. You're right to focus on the fear thing. It wasn't just the apocalypse, but also you're right the the virus is in the computer fits in that fear category as well. Actually, I should mention there was uh, a commercial uh, next for Chewy.com. Not a lot to say there. That's just like if you want to buy pet supplies, I think I guess Chewy.com is like an Amazon for pet supplies now. Yeah, because um, bad news, Chewy.com. Amazon already sells pet supplies. <laughs> right, exactly. And probably for a lot less. I'm just trying to be true to the actual commercial yeah. break. So that's what was next. We want you to experience our journey. Exactly. Now, this one... Instead of preying on fear, it just scares me because they're preying on something else. If you've been injured in an accident that wasn't your fault and you're struggling to pay your bills while your case is dragging on, then call Oasis Legal Finance. 
Only Oasis has Oasis Express Cash that can get you from $500 to $25,000 in as little as 24 hours, faster than anyone else. There's no risk and no out-of-pocket cost. It was so simple. I made one phone call. Oasis was able to give me the money within 24 hours. To pay for my electric bill, my rent, and my groceries for my children. And even if you end up losing your case, Oasis lets you keep the money. So there's absolutely no risk to you. You don't have to worry about repaying Oasis. If I had lost my case, then I wouldn't be responsible for paying the money back. And that was a blessing. Oasis, they killed him, man. They helped me out. They, they gave me my life back, really. So I want to stop it there. I don't think I'd ever heard of a service like this before, or I hadn't paid attention. I mean, you have all kinds of legal ads that, in all kinds of uh, fast cash ads that kind of prey on the some of the least fortunate kind of payday loan exactly. Types, yeah. But in this particular case, it sounds like they're saying you have already initiated some sort of legal process. You've been wronged in some way. You yeah. are waiting and hoping that the court is going to find you find in your favor. In the meantime, let us know what that case is we're willing to give you up front 500 to 25 thousand did they say dollars yeah, th- this is a, this product is an unholy union between payday loans and that service that will like um give you a lump sum instead of your annuity i think this american life did a thing about a guy who was like uh who, who sold those those packages where like you have you know fifteen hundred dollars coming in every month for the next 40 years because you won the lottery or got a structured settlement or blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But you need $30,000 right now or your book is going to break your knees. So like, you know, <laughs> you, you need that much. So they will like, they find, a, they, they deal you down until they, they are, you are getting pennies on your dollar because you need it now. Right. And that's and- basically what this is, except it's in advance. It's an anticipation of a probably typically a workers comp settlement right and they must be doing some i mean obviously there must be so much small print that you're probably signing your life away starting with they can't do business in like seven u.s states. oh that's right you mentioned that we were watching it the other night and uh and also that um you know they're i guess they're kind of making a bet they're they're looking at each individual case and making a bet as to whether or not uh, they're going to have to actually uh, pay out or not get their money yeah, back. Yeah, but it must be a tiny fraction. The only way this model works for them is if they're paying you a tiny fraction of what you're actually entitled to. So, like, let's say at most, like, basically they're saying we probably are going to top out at 25K. Well, if you're owed a workers' comp settlement of much more than that, they're going to give you 25K. I don't think they're gonna, they're not going to represent you. They're not going to, like, help you Mm-mm. get that, you know, get... Although maybe they would, because now it's in their interest to help you, but I don't know how it works. They did not mention anything in here about, like, they are not a legal service. They are a money upfront service. They do call themselves a legal planner, which I don't know what that means, but... Um, essentially, yeah, like you, you go to bat for yourself, you get your, you get your settlement and then it just goes to them. I think you just forfeit basically all of your rights to your settlement. And I mean, this really preys on people who are at the worst time in their life, right? Like I believe that probably people have gone to this service because they didn't have money for groceries and they didn't have, um, you know, money for rent. And I really, really dislike these kinds of, uh, very predatory either lending or like, um, sort of. Uh, tr- you know, trading trade you for your settlement kinds of kinds of services. Yeah, and I'd love to know if there's any if there's any kind of like legal 
regulation that's happening around this kind of service. Following this commercial, in the same break, there were two more legal-related commercials uh, of a different sort. Attention Xarelto users. If you or a loved one took the blood thinner Xarelto and suffered a serious internal bleeding injury, call right now. You may be entitled to financial compensation. Xarelto, a widely prescribed anti-clotting medication, has been linked to a number of dangerous side effects including internal bleeding, gastrointestinal bleeding. So clearly fishing for some uh, class action clients, It's right? no better call Saul ad. I know. Do you remember that's Whenever I see one of these class action ones now, I just think of that scene from Better Call Saul. Totally. When he produces one of those. The one that came after that, that one was for like the the night uh, group or something like that. The uh, night. Nightline Legal. Yeah. K-N-I. GHT line legal, and then this one was for Reliant. Attention women who've been implanted with the permanent birth control device, Assure. This small device has been reported to cause serious side effects, including the device moving, breaking, or. These commercials the are the least expensive commercials you can imagine. All it is is basically text on a screen. In this case, it's over a, a, a kind of faded out picture of a woman looking out into the water. We don't see her face. She's just thinking about how Assure or Assure has uh, destroyed her life. So uh, not a lot to say on these. I think these are as old as, as commercial television, right? Yeah, you know, these uh, these class action uh, sort of uh, cast a wide net ads, they are probably kind of sleazy, and I'm sure you do end up with a, a lawyer like Saul Goodman, but, um, you know, it's also the kind of thing like sometimes these class action suits need to be, ta- need to be brought. So I've, I've less of an... A, of a moral objection to these, although they're very, the yeah, other, I mean, as commercials go, they're not great art for sure. Um, so that brings us to the end of commercial break. Is, number two, I'll tell you watching all of these, you know, in one sitting, uh, while we're watching a movie is just, it's so grim. I mean, yeah, no it, kidding. like each one is grimmer than the last. It's watching them all here. Like, are you saying it's I mean, more grim sitting and listening to them all right no, now? No, it's grim watching. Yeah. We were, as we were preparing for the show, I was thinking about that where I'm like, wow, the induction cooktop is like the happiest moment of the two right. hours. One thing that I noticed was because of the really fear mongering ones that started off the show, um, I started to associate fear in the in the apocalypse with some of these products that have nothing to do with it. Like in my head right now, and there's no indicate there's no reason for me to think this other than the context is I keep on thinking of that induction heat cooker pan or or hot plate as being part and parcel of when we lose all of our power and everything. But that's wrong. You need power to run that. But I keep well, on Well, if you got the Generac, you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I keep on I keep lumping it in with those. Um, Okay, so we uh, have gone through two full commercial breaks, Um, only a few more uh, commercials we haven't talked about yet. One was for this Gotham Steel pan, which I don't think we have to linger on too much, but it had a lot of good examples of what you call Genevieve uses misdirected. (laughs) Tired of food sticking to the pan? You try to scrape it, and then you scratch it. You may as well trash it. Not anymore. Hi, Chef Daniel Green here with Gotham Steel, the newest technology in non-stick cookware made with ceramic and super strong titanium. Stronger than ever before. He's pounding it with a hammer. It's like cooking on air. Everything slides right off. 
This pan makes cooking so easy. Check out this s'mores recipe. Start with chocolate chips. Add sweet. Okay, we don't have to do the s'mores recipe here, but there's another I don't know, scene. Now it looks kind of good. <laughs> I love these pan commercials. Sometimes they'll play the long, uh, the really long, like half hour versions uh, when I'm at the gym. And I think it's a slightly different product, but it's the same thing. It's like, look at these eggs just sliding around in here, which I mean, as somebody who always struggles to make like kind of a clean egg, a clean fried egg without messing up the edges, like this always seems so appealing to me. Yeah, no, these, these copper pans with the ceramic uh, mixed in or whatever that makes that supposedly, you know, makes it really, really smooth and totally nonstick. And, you know, I think there's one where it's like, there's diamond dust in this pan. I mean, <laughs> every, every, there's so many of these like orange copper looking pans where each one has, uh, you know, a, a patented technology that makes it the best nonstick pan. Like, I'm sure they are all ridiculously terrible and probably don't last as long as they they claim to but they these these unlike the induction cooker these are, I'm like oh yeah all right let me ask you a question though there's no way it's dishwasher safe is there it is dishwasher safe, Andrew. It is Andrew. dishwasher safe? No way. Um, oh, one thing I wanted to say, by the way, we've been stopping these commercials a little bit early. Let's go back to that induction cooker hot plate again. That was one of the classic commercials. Oh, we didn't yeah. hear it here, where they kept adding things on. And then, like, because originally the price was like four payments of 35 bucks, but then, but we're going to strike a payment and you get this. And they kept adding things, including another hot plate yeah. of the exact same. By, like, why and, do you need two? And I will say that is how they got you because you start, they, it's such a great little psychological trick, right? You're looking at it and you're like, well, $120, that seems like a lot. Well, $100, that's better. What? I get four pans with it. Now I get a second one. So now it's like, now I'm like, my, my brain is doing the math, right? Where I'm like, well, now it's basically like just $20, but like, it, it, it's it's got to be total garbage. Right, yeah. And for me, it almost turns me off. Because if I see a product that I'm kind of like, oh, that seems kind of good, but then they start adding all that garbage, I'm like, wait, why would I need two of these? Is one of them going to break in a week? Yeah. The answer is yes. Yes. Here is the real uh, uses misdirected part of this commercial, though. You'd never whisk eggs in a nonstick pan, right? Well, you can with my pan. Use metal and never make a scratch ever. So, you know, he's making uh, scrambled eggs. Me and anybody else alive would just crack those eggs into a bowl and, and mix them up with a fork. He's doing that directly in the pan. And then he pulls out an electric mixer and just puts that guy right down in the pan. As someone uh, who has been short of trying to perfect my omelet lately... Mm-hmm. There is some there is some it appeal is, to this. It is tempting. Um, I'm not going to play all these. Uh, we're getting near the end here. Mobile Strike that uh, that you know online app game with Arnold Schwarzenegger. This is the only ad where I was like, huh? I'm surprised they were able to like. I'm surprised this ad bought space here just because like that runs on more like high end shows in prime time. It might have been a 15 seconder. Uh, the one that we happen to see is the one where Arnold Schwarzenegger, of course, in all of these, he's playing some sort of top military official. And uh, it's a, as he does in every movie, he plays an American general with an Austrian accent that nobody asks about. It's never explained. <laughs> and in this one, it's called, I think the ad itself is called the wall. And he's kind of like build a wall because uh, <laughs> uh, helicopters are coming in. It's just, you know, some sort of military strategy uh, game. Whenever I see these though, I just, I, I I am astounded that he was the governor of one of the most influential and largest states in the union. Like I just, I want to kind of look at what other governors have done in their post 
gubernatorial careers and see if like this is the most bizarre. I feel like Jesse Ventura must be up there. Probably, but he seems to have kept a pretty low profile. Do you think it was crazy going to governor's conferences during those years? Because, you know, there's like there are conferences and, and, you know, meetings where all U.S. governors meet like he must have been it must have been just crazy because he's like a not just a movie star, but a huge movie star. The other governors must have been peeing their pants trying right. to get like photos with him and stuff. Right. Um, okay, so moving on from that, there was an ad call, uh, for Babbel.com. It's basically a language website, language app, learn how to speak Spanish. Uh, not Nothing really to say there. Another uh, infomercial-esque ad for something called the Hurricane Spin Mop. I don't I don't know if you remember this one, Veeves. I no, watched I think it I was today. dozing off. <laughs> it's kind of... Uh, it's, it's, it's a product that... You know me, I'm obsessed with cleaning products, and it seems like real bull- bullshit to me. Like, really? Yeah. Well, I you, mean, you, you would know. It's just a mop but it's not an automatic spinner or something it just has a a joint on the end of it so if you're in it's like kind of circular shape so if you're mopping up against a wall the mop will kind of spin but like it's unclear why that's helpful and then i think it comes with a bucket that you can kind of when you're rinsing the thing you can put it in the special um chamber of the bucket and spin it around or something like that you're no hurricane spin mop you're no joy what is it joy mangano mangano oh right from the from the movie joy yeah uh okay now the this one we have two more that i actually want to play for you i'll try to zip through this next one uh this is for a product that didn't even have a brand name it was for some sort of a knee brace and it was uh animation And it's a little girl. It's a very bizarre, almost disturbingly simple animation where nothing really moves except for people's mouths. And it's a little girl talking to her grandma. I'm going to play a little bit of this for you, Veeves. And then I'm going to ask you if you notice. This is a slightly different version than the one we saw on TV the other night. Grandma, can you come out and play? Sure, Ellie. Oh, my. You might want to come here and help Grandma. What's the matter, Grandma? Can't you stand? Oh, sorry, honey. It's my knees. They don't work the way they used to. Does this ever happen to you? Are you on Medicare? You may qualify for a pay Okay, so there's a phone number that you're supposed to call. The phone number is actually different than the version that we saw, uh, Vives. I'm talking here because we're going to come back to the cartoon here in one second. We're going to see the grandma suddenly on a skateboard in this really bizarre animation. And then I have a question for you. Grandma, slow down. I can't keep up. Maybe you can use a knee brace too, Ellie. <laughs> Catch me if you can, kiddo. Call now. So the sound design is very strange. The animation is is janky to the point of being disturbing. But did you, this is a different ad. What's yes. different about it? I've seen the other version of this fifty times. Right. The animated characters are always white. The, I've never seen this one. The animated characters are all black. And the the B, a lot of the B roll characters of, of people on the phone are black. Yeah, the the script is exactly the same. It's not I, just the script is the same; it's the same audio. No, it's not. Are you sure? I am one hundred percent positive. It sounds exactly like I, the, I was the looking one. for this one today online, and I could only find the African American version of it. The white version one. I mean, I can go back and and pull it up if you want. Um, uh, but it, the only audio I could find was somebody who had like put pointed their camera at their phone, mm-hmm. uh, so it's not very good. But take a listen. I mean, maybe I owe you an apology, but I am convinced that this is not the same exact audio, just the same script. Grandma, can you come out and play? Sure, Ellie. Oh my, you might want to come here and help Grandma. 
So that's as loud as I can get that one. It's a little bit more of a southern accent as compared to this. Grandma, can you come out and play? Sure, Ellie. Oh, my. You might want to come here and help Grandma. That still has a bit of a southern twinge, but I would put my... I will bet you $50... We share a bank account. That doesn't matter. I will bet you something. I will bet you something important to me that these are different voiceovers. All right. Well, let's think about what you can bet me. But I, I, I'm not saying you're a hundred. I'm not saying I'm 100% convinced that you're wrong. But I don't understand why they'd record two of them that have no appreciable difference. Um, it's you know they they sound the 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 voices sound the same to me or similar enough that there's no there's no advantage to having it done differently. Right. But I did think it was interesting, and the little description here, just the amateur description of this ad on YouTube, uh, mentions that this one is shown on African, more on African-American networks such as BET. And it's interesting Which just makes that... Sense. Yeah, I mean... You, and, know, you it, would it, show this to, you know, yeah. show black characters to a more uh, largely black audience. Sure, and there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that no. necessarily. Um, it's just... It just kind of really surprised me today when I went on. And also, though, I'm pretty sure that the number... I mean, this is probably not a huge deal, but the number is different. See, the one with the black actors is an 800-492 number. Now, let's fast forward into the one for white people, and that number is... I could be wrong. 855-662-0262. It is a totally different number. Um, Although, I'm pretty sure, because I wrote it down in my original notes, I'm pretty sure the one I saw on TV with the white people was an 877 number. So they must just have a bunch of numbers I think it's probably just more... That's probably more just a function of some... some cheapo way they are able to get yeah get their phone number out there. Okay, well, I just thought that was kind of notable. And then this last one, Vives, is I I said the other one was your favorite, but I think maybe as far as oh, I do love tempting this. products are yeah. concerned, I think this one is the one that this is our power out. This is so, sometimes I'll be at a, a drugstore and they'll have like an as seen on TV aisle, and I have to tell you, if I see this, I'm probably gonna get it. Things break all the time. So you try messy glue, but now you're stuck holding pieces together. Fingers stick and glue never works. What you need is Laser Bond, the amazing liquid plastic that fixes, fills, fastens, and seals virtually anything in as little as three seconds. Laser Bond is not a glue or epoxy, but a unique liquid plastic that only hardens with the UV light. Watch in real time. Simply apply, aim the UV light, and in just three seconds, you have a permanent repair that lasts. Plastic, metal, glass, or wood. Repairs are fixed right with a UV light. The magic? A powerful liquid plastic compound that hardens strong as a rock under ultraviolet light. Now fill in plumbing leaks in three seconds or less. Instantly repair kids' toys and keep playtime. The plumbing flying. leak the is what really uh, what really caught my eye. Do you want <laughs> you take the ball on this one? It's so appealing. I mean, again, I, I'm sure, like all things, it does not work as well in real life, but it's it is it is that flexi seal level of appealing to me. Flexi seal. Oh, that's, that's the stuff that you can yeah. uh, paint a screen door with it, then put it in the bottom of your boat. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So the idea is it's not a glue. Like, if you know, if you couldn't tell from the audio of that. Could you not tell from the sci-fi sound <laughs> when, when you use the laser light? Yeah. So first you put the plastic compound on, but instead of letting it sit there like glue, then you just shine this blue light on it and it will 
instantly harden in about, I'm going to guess, three seconds. That's what it says. <laughs> all right. I'm getting you that for Christmas if you don't buy it for yourself first. <laughs> um, all right. So that was those those were it. That was like four commercial breaks. I skipped over movies, by the way. There were a couple of movie commercials I didn't feel like getting into. That's fine. And a whole bunch of promos. But that was a lot of fun. I think maybe we should do that again. If anybody has like a a channel that you think has interesting ads in it, a TV show that consistently has interesting ads. Just give us an assignment. I'd yeah. love to do one of your assignments, and maybe we can make this uh, kind of a series. For now, though, let's move on to commercials in the news. Okay, we're running so late. I'm just going to do a really, really fast one on this, Veeves. We had uh, mentioned a while back that uh, director Mike Judge, who's uh, you know famous for all kinds of things. Going back, he, he was the Beavis and Butthead guy originally, right? Beavis and Butthead, King of the Hill. Uh, office space, right. idiocracy. So he's obviously a very well known uh, kind of director and other th- and producer. Um, and idiocracy had um, that famous really really dumb president, President Camacho. I can't never remember yeah, his full it's name. Like Herbert Mountain, Herbert Dwayne Mountain Dew Camacho. <laughs> right, exactly. And if you've never seen the movie, uh, idiocracy takes place in a. Uh, I always in, want to say the Mountain Dew part. <laughs> in a in a future where everybody is really 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 stupid. And some guy from modern day America finds himself in the future and can't believe how stupid everybody is, including the president. Here's just a little taste of President Camacho from the original movie. Shit. This is at a press conference. I know she's bad right now. With all that starving bullshit and the dust storms. And we running out of French fries and burrito coverings. Yeah. Now, I understand everyone's shit's emotional right now. But listen up. I got a three-point plan to fix everything. Break it down, Camacho! Number one, we got this guy not sure. Not sure is the Number two, name of the main he's character. got a higher IQ than any man alive. And number three, he's going to fix everything. I give you my word as president. He'll fix the problems with all the dead crops. He's going to make him grow again. Anyway, so that's President Camacho from the original movie. And there was word that um, uh, Mike Judge and his partner is uh, Eaton Cohen, I believe. Eaton Cohen is his name. They were considering bringing back the uh, President Camacho character to make these little TV shorts. They were being described as anti-Trump ads. Oh, it's Dwayne Elizondo Mountain Dew Herbert Camacho. That's his full name. Yeah. Uh, That's his Christian name. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So uh, they were saying, yeah, we might make these things if you know the Fox Studios, which owns the right to Idiocracy, will uh, will allow us. Well, Fox has of course said no to that because Fox is not just a movie studio, but obviously the Fox News Network. Do you I think mean, it's coming from there? Do you think it's do you think it's political? I think it's more like it's more like they just don't have any interest in taking a side or i mean i don't think they would do this if it was a piece of media that was could be used to make fun of hillary i agree that i don't think the reason is because of the fox news but i think it's you have to mention it it seems like you i I don't think nbc would do this if they owned the rights yeah probably probably not it's just also the like nbc doesn't make well i guess yeah nbc does NBC Universal? I guess that's the connection. It would be like Whoever. if Universal owned this. Yeah, would, I, would, I, I don't think if any media yeah. company, I don't think any media company would do this. I don't see the percentage in it for them. What kind of surprises me is that in this age of 
everybody can make anything on their home computer. I can't believe nobody's done like a gorilla version of this. You right. know, I mean, it'd be so not, I say easy, like I couldn't do it, but like it would certainly be possible. Um, I want to say that I'm reading this from the Daily Beast, and the writer of this did ask uh, Mike Judge uh, if – basically, here's the quote. I don't see Rupert Murdoch signing off on these, I tell him, since the Fox mogul is an avowed Trump supporter. And Mike Judge said, yeah, that's the other thing. I think there was a roadblock mm, there, well, too. Right, yeah. I do think the most interesting part of this, though, is – uh, Mike Judge says the problem was they were being discussed as anti-Trump ads, and that is never what our plan was. This is a this is a quote from Mike Judge. It kind of fell apart. It was announced that they were anti-Trump, and I would have preferred to make them and then have people decide. Terry Crews, that's the uh, actor who plays uh, President Camacho. Terry Crews had wanted just to make some funny Camacho ads, and Eaton and I had written a few that I thought were pretty funny, and it just fell apart. I wanted to put them out a little bit more quietly and just let them go viral rather than people announcing that we're making anti-Trump ads. Just let them be funny first. Do something satirical like that, and it's better if you just don't say, here we come with the Trump with the anti-Trump ads. Also, when Terry heard that the announce heard that part of the announcement, he wasn't happy about it. So that's all from uh, it's kind of Mike surprising. Judge. I know I know Terry Crews is an is a pretty avowed progressive, but mm-hmm. I can understand not wanting to be retroactively dragged into a political discussion that you didn't sign up for. Right, exactly. Um, so there you have it. That was commercials. It, can you do the echo on me? Like when I say commercials, can you say commercials like a little bit after me? Okay. Commercials, commercials in, in the, news. the news. Very good. Let's check in with the ad council. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying Only the echoes of my mind Okay, what do we got in the mailbag? Well, I, we must first address uh, the stork in the room, yeah. which is that um, the the Vlasic storks with the with a pickle, like a cigar and the accent. That's the best taste in pickle. That, what is the, that's the best taste in pickle I ever hoid. Yeah, that's the it, from the it's, uh, clearly and 80s. meant to evoke uh, Groucho Marx with his famous cigar. I think if if we had stopped to think about it a little bit um, or done even the tiniest amount of preparation, right. um, that would have been obvious to us. Thank you to everybody who wrote in about that. Um, there were uh, too many of you to name. That's how that's how wrong we got it. Um, uh, just just for a, a sampling, I'll I'll read Liz's email. Uh, sorry if this is one of the many emails you are getting on the same subject, but I had to. You mentioned both the accent that the stork and the pickle eaters have, and also the fact that the pickle was being held like a cigar. The stork is supposed to be reminiscent of Groucho Marx. Why a Groucho stork? That's a whole other issue, and I have no answers. Um, I also got a, there's a lot of chatter about this on the Facebook page, people uh, correcting us and stuff. One person was uh, confused also because we had mentioned um, just kind of in passing some uncomfortable issues with race with this ad and um and she was questioning why we thought it would be racist for somebody to be doing a groucho marx impression or or something like that and so here let me just play this ad for you from the beginning this from 1982 people are talking about the great taste of vlasic pickles like never before here my dear try a vlasic pickle why thank you dear now that's the best taste pickle i ever heard hey jimmy want to trade Sure. Want a plastic pickle? Okay. Now that's the best taste in pickle I ever ordered. Plastic pickles. Try them and you might say. 
Okay, so that was the part that kind of like seemed pretty, uh, it just made us uncomfortable. At the end, you see an Asian man. I want to guess that what language is that? I think we did this last week. I, Chinese, maybe. Let's just say that, although I'm not sure. Um, and should we address quickly, is it necessarily racist to have a cartoon of somebody speaking a different language of a different ethnicity. It doesn't seem to be, and this is just kind of questions I was asking myself this week anyway. It's not a um, some sort of a gross parody caricature as far as the drawing is concerned. In fact, it's almost this early, almost squiggle vision trying to kind of be realistic in depicting these characters. I have an answer to my own question, and I know why I think I wouldn't put that into my Vlasic ad in 1982, but what do you think about that? Are we just so sensitive now that if we see somebody who is uh, Asian, speaking Asian in a commercial that is mostly filled with white people, we assume that it's just, it's just wrong? Well, I, I think it's a fair question to ask. I think that I have a reflexive discomfort with it, which may say more about me than about the commercial. I don't understand why he's speaking in another language. And clearly he's doing the same like cigar Mm -hmm. Groucho impression. But because I don't speak that language, I can't hear if he's also doing an accent in that language. And I, do, I just don't understand why, like, what's what's the, like, what's the takeaway or, like, what's the punchline for him to be speaking uh, mm-hmm. not, uh, in another language? And it just feels a little bit like the punchline is that it's another language. And I say punchline in a very loose way, obviously. I mean, it just it just feels like disconcerting and, and unclear as to what the takeaway is. And if, and when in doubt, you know, just assume it's a race. <laughs> <laughs> right. See, that, and that's kind of why I wanted to address it, because I think maybe sometimes it's going to be like, you know, especially me, am I just being totally knee-jerky and saying, oh, that's racist? And I think that maybe you can make an argument that this is not racist at all, sure. because it's not a caricature of him. He's, he's leaning in and doing the Groucho the same way everybody else is. That's the punchline. Groucho is the punchline. And I think they're just trying to show different people from different walks of life. A really old white lady, two white kids uh, at lunch. Now you got the age difference. And then, okay, now we have this, again, I'm going to say Chinese speaker uh, at the end. So it's showing a broad range of a appealing to a whole bunch of different people, no matter age or ethnicity or whatever. Could be an argument for it. An argument against it, I would just say is, and this is where I could be totally wrong, it's 1982. You just get the impression that this was written by a room full of nothing but white people from a company that's probably owned by white people. There probably just was not a lot of diversity on the staff of people who decided to come up with it. And that, to me, is if I'm one of those white people in a non-diverse uh, environment like that, I'm going to say I'm going to stay away from that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, I, I wish it was an... I'm happy for it to be an Asian character. I think it's great to have people uh, represented of, of lots of different ethnicities. I don't understand why he is not speaking English. <laughs> that makes it sound like I think right. you know English first, but 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 what is what is his message that he's not speaking English? Like there are plenty of English speaking Asian Americans. Right. That seems like the more 
uh, sensitive portrayal to me. Right. Like if he had just been speaking English without an accent, but was drawn exactly that way, you wouldn't have a problem a with it. It just seemed yeah. like it was a little bit over the top. I got to say, I'm a little bit on the fence on this one. I, I was doing some soul searching because I do think it was one of those things where the show was rolling. It was you, me, and Ben. And we're just kind of like, oh, that's uncomfortable. And then we kind of didn't really address it. And sometimes I think maybe we can be knee-jerky without being thoughtful about we can, these things too. But the fact that three people had the same reflexive and somewhat uh you know but all three of us recoiled from it instinctively mm-hmm. i think should tell you something right and of course you know we're looking at this with the you know hindsight of 30 years and i just think that we've seen so many things like that done wrong like i think i am more uncomfortable with a poo on the simpsons because a lot of times the joke is on him and his ethnicity and his family not all the time, but a lot of times, and that stereotype, whereas this didn't really play into a stereotype other than, other again, again, the language. But, okay, I just wanted to raise that for those who were asking. Yeah. Uh, moving on, this is from listener Steve. Um, he writes, Genevieve, I agree with you that Diet Coke does and always has tasted horrible. Uh, last week I said uh, I thought I found the slogan just for the taste of it Diet Coke to be a hilariously ironic slogan because I think Diet Coke does not taste great. Um Steve goes on, but when Coke Zero came out, it was a revelation to me. It really tastes like good old classic Coke. Legend has it that Diet Coke was designed to taste like new Coke. Remember that failure? Yes, I do. <laughs> um, and maybe it does. But Coke Zero is designed to taste like the, like real Coke, and it really does. Ditch Diet Coke and drink Coke Zero instead. So um, quick question. I do not think that Diet Coke – I do not think that new Coke predates Diet Coke – no, it doesn't. Um, so I don't know how new Coke or how Diet Coke could be designed to taste like Diet Coke. I think that's fallacious. But I will say, Steve, that I I agree with you on Coke Zero. My my diet drink of of choice when I can get it is Cherry Coke Zero. That to me is the most palatable no calorie soda. Um, but it's kind of hard to find that sometimes. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, Diet uh, Coke Zero is definitely sweeter than Diet Coke. Diet Coke has that like almost sour taste to it. And without getting too much in the weeds about it, if I heard that correctly, and I can say I was just queuing up some tape here, the big point, though, is you thought it was ironic because the taste of Diet Coke isn't very good. But at the time, actually, it did. they were saying we taste so much better than most diet. Sodas. Yeah, and I don't, I, th- I don't think I include, or I didn't include this in the face, in the ad council uh feedback today but i think on our facebook page somebody wrote kind of an impassioned right ex- explanation of that yeah. and i thought and i i commented on that like it was a really good description and explanation of how until diet coke came along i mean the options were just very bleak right, right. so i totally agree and that i'm sure that's true i i look i've i live in a post diet coke world i don't know what you went through i'm sure it was terrible i know you had to walk uphill both ways to go get a terrible diet soda <laughs> also i think that i was racist but we can talk about that another time all right we have one more here right a voicemail uh, two, uh, a couple more okay um just uh, one more note from steve who said um he had the same exact nails on a chalkboard reaction to the preference ad that my mom didn't like so oh okay gotcha yeah um Quick, quick from listener Catherine. She says, I saw this commercial ad. 
I saw this commercial after your call for slogans. Honey Bunches of Oats is now using this is everything as their slogan. Mm, mm. And it already feels very dated. Plus, yeah. that phrase seems very hyperbolic for it's for cereal. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, that does feel... That's the problem with jumping on something yeah. that is kind of of the moment. Because especially for... In, like, that's it's kind like of internet saying, speak. this cereal is on fleek. Right. Exactly. It, it's just that that stuff moves so quickly. As a matter of fact, I was just thinking of... Maybe it's better that I can't remember. But there is some show that I like whose name is so internet speaky from a couple of years ago, but it already sounds really antiquated. I can't think of what it is right now, but maybe it's best that I can't remember because I think I might have friends who work on the show. Uh, one more from listener Michael, and then we'll get to the voicemail. Okay. Uh, this is about the Zoom Zoom tagline for zoom, Mazda. Zoom. Um, uh, Michael says, before there was Zoom, there was, hmm. Mazda introduced the rotary engine to the U.S. market in the early 70s. Um, he says, not to be patronizing, but since you said we're not exactly car enthusiasts, totally true. You can, we, we don't know anything about cars. All modern cars have engines with pistons, including current Mazdas. But Mazda came out with a rotary engine. Instead of pistons going up and down, a rotor spins, making them inherently much smoother than piston engines, uh, technically called a wankle. Um, yeah, and, we know that. And, yeah, obviously, Michael. <sighs> Tell us something we don't know about cars. <laughs> um, Piston cars. They made the difference, the centerpiece of their entree into the U.S. market. The whole piston engine goes boing, 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 but the Mazda goes, hmm, was a long-running campaign. Oh. In my memory, uh, so he sent us a link. I couldn't get this link to load, and I think since we're running long, we'll, I'll, I'll post it to the Facebook page. And if hopefully. we find it or if somebody else finds it, send it to us. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, finally we'll end on a voicemail. This is Eddie in Texas. How are you doing? I wanted to, to uh, give you a comment about the the slogan, as good as fresh perked with that, that hyper-sexist, messed-up commercial. And the idea of as good as fresh perked with the instant Folgers, I think the idea is with the old percolators, when the coffee was first percolated and it was done, it would taste fine. But then either it would have to be unplugged or taken off of the stove and it would get cold, hmm. or it would continue to be plugged in or on the stove, and it would get burnt and taste like crap. Oh, this is a really good feedback this week. I mean, well, the good news is we went into a show last week where we didn't know what the hell we were talking about on a lot of topics, so that gave you guys a lot of opportunities to <laughs> fill us in. But uh, no joke, both on the Facebook page, a lot of good conversation about some of these ads and, yeah. and good emails. I, feel, I actually feel smarter than I did uh, five minutes ago. You can sell. Anything you can sell, anything you can sell, anything you can really sell, anything. Okay, Veeves, you mentioned we are on the Facebooks after these messages show on Facebook. Our uh, email address is after these messages show at gmail.com. And if you want to be like Eddie. In Houston, and leave us a voicemail. Do you have the number in front of you? Call 607-444-5597. That's 607-444-5597. We love voicemails. All right, cool. And don't forget, send us an assignment. If there's a uh, if there's a you know a, a television block of programming you always watch and you want to hear us break down the commercials like we did today, I, I, how did you think that experiment went? I loved it. That was a lot of fun. I mean, any excuse to sit and watch a MST3K start to finish. 
Good enough for us. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Veeves. And uh, the rest of you guys, we'll talk to you next Tuesday. You can sell anything. You can really.